How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders of early stage companies about their company, talking about their big visions and how the two collide. Today, we're talking to Kate Swanson, who is one of the founders of Ensemble. Kate, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Hey, Matt. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. I'm really excited for this. You know, Jack, uh, Jack Forbes is, you know, is, is how we got introduced. And when, when in, he told me about you and I checked out Ensemble, I thought this was one of the coolest things I've seen. And not your average, you know, like most of the people I have on the show are maybe in software and whatnot, where you're doing something different. So how about you tell the, the, the whole uh, audience kind of what you're working on um, with Ensemble? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, no, thanks, first of all, to Jack for introducing us. Um, I have to give a shout out to his company, Pad Piper. They're doing really cool things. Uh, but yeah, at Ensemble, we are making modern housewares. Um, our first product is a collection of nesting cookware called Stack. Um, the idea for the product really stems from the fact that you know, more people are living in cities, and that tends to mean less square footage, probably like a condo or an apartment. And as someone who really likes to cook, I felt like I was constantly struggling to fit the things that I needed into my apartment. And so we really just set out to try to make better tools that would allow us to cook more and do more uh, while maintaining that urban lifestyle. So the first product, um, six pieces of nesting pots and pans. We've engineered really cool removable handles as well as flat lying lids. So it allows an entire set to nest together and take up uh, one single footprint in, in the kitchen cupboard. This is awesome because I literally just finished cooking breakfast and to get, you know, to get my big pan, I need to go, I need to reach under this pile of pots and other pans to reach it. And then when I'm done, I wash it and I just put it on the stack and it's this most disorganized thing in the world. So, I mean, I definitely see the need here. Is, would you say that for ensemble, are you, is it the fact that you can, it, it takes up very little space, but you can put a lot of, a lot of cookware in like a limited space. Is that kind of the big, what's like the big, uh, um, the, the, the couple of big innovations on cookware. I can think of plenty and I'd love to hear kind of some of the ones that you're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think the most obvious to your point is exactly that you can fit a lot of really functional cookware in yeah. not a lot of space. So definitely the storage and like space saving elements, that's really huge for what we're doing. But at the same time, when, you know, when we started designing the product, we were like, well, if we're going to redesign cookware, let's, let's truly redesign cookware. Let's really get into the details and think about what is it that we're doing when we're in the kitchen? Um, what are we using each piece for? What would we like to use each piece for? Um, and then going beyond just the actual act of cooking, like how are we serving that food? Who are we serving it to? Um, you know, how often are we cooking? Like what's that entire experience like when we're in the kitchen? And so while I said, you know, space saving is, is huge because if you are living in the city, you don't have a lot of space. But at the same time, if you're someone that likes to, you know, cook both on the stove and in the oven, we wanted to make sure that our product was super multifunctional and made it really easy to do both. Uh, if you're somebody that really likes to host your friends for dinner or have your family over for dinner, um, we wanted to create cookware that was going to be so beautiful that you could take it 
from the stovetop or, or from the oven and bring it directly to the table so you could serve with it. Um, and at the same time, if you are someone like me uh, who probably only likes to cook maybe once or twice a week if I can get away with it, um, but I like to cook a lot when I'm doing it, I really wanted cookware that I would be able to you know, take directly from the stove when I was done and put it back into the fridge so that it was ready to go with my leftovers when I wanted to reheat it. So we've, what we've tried to do is create a product that's super multifunctional um, and that allows us to really incorporate those three things, the ability to cook, serve, and store in, in a single tool. Yeah, as someone who is is recently getting more into cooking, this is this is so valuable. I, I like I feel like I have so much room in my kitchen. I feel like it's all being used by just a disorganized mess of pots, pans, like Tupperware, all that good stuff. So, so I like this. I have one more question specifically about the product. I'm on your website right now, and it looks like every handle is similar, which is different from an average pot, which has a giant thing sticking out. Can you tell me a, a, a little bit on, tell me a little bit about the handles and how they work and is there a reason they all look similar? Are they interchangeable? Yeah, for sure. So when we when we set out to design the product and we were looking at our pots and pans covered, which is I'm assuming like when you are telling me about your story of making breakfast, I'm assuming that mine looks probably pretty close to what yours is. It's this big disorganized space um, but if you really look at it, what's the one thing that's taking up the most space or wasting the most space there? And it's the handles. Yep. Um, traditional pots have always been designed with these big handles that jut out. Um, they're usually of varying lengths. Um, and they really, they really just make it hard for you to store everything together when you want to put it back in the cupboard. And so the way that we thought about it was, well, really the handle is what you're going to use to lift a pot on and off the stove or lift it from the stovetop into the oven. Maybe you're going to use it to do some like flipping if you're going to like saute or stir fry, but that's about it. So what if we had handles that were removable? So what we've designed is a removable handle that fits on and off of each of the pieces, each of the functional pieces of cookware. So you can clip it on. It's really intuitive to use, really secure. You can clip it on while you're cooking um, and then take it off for storage or take it off when you want to bring each piece to the table. That is, that is straight up genius. Honestly, if you if you're if you're listening to this and you're by chance in front of your computer, definitely go to getensemble.com and you'll you'll see the picture of these 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 pots or these uh, sorry these pans and pots with a handle on the left. It's just a brilliant design. So I think that's great. I have one more question about Ensemble as a product, then we'll get a little bit more into like where you're rowing and why you're rowing there. Can you give me an idea on why you decided to start uh, to start Ensemble? Yeah, for sure. I, well, I, I, love, I love to cook. Um, I think that probably makes sense given that I've started a cookware company. Um, I love to cook, but I've always lived, um, ever since I like, moved out of my parents' house, I've always lived in a condo or an apartment, which you know, as anybody who lives in a condo or apartment can appreciate, means living um, in a pretty limited space. And yeah, so the idea for Ensemble was really just born out of my own need and a desire to solve my own problem. I spent a really long time looking for space-saving solutions um, or products that you know, could either help me store or that were already designed to be more easy to store away. And what I really found was that you either came out with something that was made for camping, 
Um, so I don't know if you go camping or hiking at all, but camping cookware uh, does come with a removable handle, but it's super low quality. Um, and I mean, I mean, it's, it's designed for camping. It's meant to be used when you're like out in the wilderness. It's not meant to be used every day. Um, so there were products like that or products that, you know, you could hang your pots from the ceiling or you could hang them from a wall. Um, and as somebody who was living in a rented apartment, you know, for me, that was never really an option. I wasn't going to start adding, um, you know, a whole bunch of like hooks into the ceilings of my rented condo. So I knew that we needed uh, a complete, a complete overhaul. And I really just, you know, I was like, I think pots is, is where this needs to start. This is going to be a product that I use. Um, it's going to really solve my own problem. And, you know, it's going to solve the problems of so many of my friends that I saw that were living the exact same way. Yeah, that's uh, th that's an example of someone who goes deep into a market, into a problem, and finds you know a seemingly obvious solution, but is not obvious to anyone who doesn't know what it's like. You know, like who has who doesn't go camping and see that those are have disposable handles, but they're not made well. It's just like I think that's a cool, unique insight, and all great founders have that have that unique insight. So good on you. That's awesome. So. Let's go a little bit into the into the future. So you built, you know, this company, you're just getting started, you have this product which is called Stack or this bundle which is called Stacks. What does the I'm kind of curious in the future in, in two directions. One, what is the next just like two to three years look like? Like not too far out, but like after you you maybe have funding or you you have more customers, like what does the near term look like for for you? And also I'm intrigued, like what is like 20 years from now like what is what is ensemble going to be what what are the product lines going to be i'd love to hear both of those answers yeah so i think in the next 2 to 3 years i mean our goal is really to bring bring our first product to the market. Um, we're really excited. We're going to be launching a pre-sale in the next couple of weeks and we're hoping to have our full store um, and like a warehouse with inventory up um, in like early 2020. So, you know, really just like pushing that first product out and getting people really excited about a new, um, better way of, of cooking and working in the kitchen. Um, and then from there, I mean, our goal is with uh, hopefully with funding that we can really scale our vision and get started on tackling other poorly designed products that exist not just in the kitchen but in our homes generally um, I personally believe that you know as the world's population gets bigger living in a big home isn't going to be a luxury that most people have and that you know the smart way of living is going to be trying to figure out ways that we can do more in less space and my hope for Ensemble in the long term is that we can be the brand that helps people get there. Um, living in um, a small condo or just you know living downtown in general shouldn't mean having to forego hosting dinner parties or having to forego you know making a giant turkey at Christmas or making your own bone broth. Um, you know you shouldn't have to compromise on those things. You should be able to do it all, but it really comes down to having companies that are making products that allow us to live that version of our lives. And so I, I hope that we can expand our product range, really expand our reach into the evolving nature of what a home is going to be um, and become that go-to brand for people. Yeah, it's uh, 
And anything that impacts the place where I live is, is, is something that I'm always interested in. And, and, you know, since you're building for that market, I'm super intrigued to see how this all develops. So I'm, I'm curious. So you are, you're, you're in the beginning stages of the company. You're about to launch a pre-sale. You're, you're kind of on this exciting path of like, you have this, you have this product and now it's showing it, get like showing it to the world and getting the world to buy it, you know? And I think what I find when I, when I do this podcast is I talk to a lot of people in a lot of different industries and people are super, super dialed into their industry. Uh, you know, in your case, it's like cookware and it's, and it's kitchen essentials, but I'm, I'm interested. Do you, are there any outside of cookware? Are there any industries that just kind of like interest you? You don't have to know much about it or you don't have to like know the players, but what else out there? you know, in technology or in innovation is, uh, piques your interest outside of cookware? Yeah. So there's a couple of areas that are really interesting to me. Um, I'm really fascinated by the shift to more like co-living co yeah, I want to call it like co co co-living companies. Um, and I think, I mean, I think Jack's company is a great example of that. Um, but there are definitely a lot of others. Um, I think they're touching on something really interesting um, just in the way that the way that people are going to come together in the future. And I'm just, I'm really fascinated by what's happening in that space. Um, And also as something that's completely off topic from that and anything that I'm doing with Ensemble, um, I'm really fascinated by uh, FinTech and payment systems right now. Um, We manufacture our product in China um, a really amazing factory that's just outside of Shanghai. And so I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to spend a lot of time in Shanghai. And uh, payments in China are advancing at such a rapid rate. And I um, every time I go there, I'm just so fascinated by the technologies that they're developing around that. And I'm curious to see how it spreads around the world or what comes out of what comes out of there next. That's a topic, you know, China in general is actually, I don't think there's, we've talked about that at all on the podcast, but it's just like, it's this topic, it's this, you know, country that is just innovating at such a rapid pace. Like I'm so, I'm so intrigued. Like what other, if you're open to talking about it, like what are some other things that you notice about China and it could be within the finance sector, but like I've never, I've never been there. I've only I only hear stories about how high tech it is and how much they're innovating. Like, do you? I'd love to hear some more of your thoughts on it, um, if, if you have any. Yeah, for sure. I'm. I don't know. I so I just I got back from. I spent a month in China this summer, and like I said, I'm going. I'm going back there in a couple of days, and I'll probably spend about another three weeks. Uh, so I feel like I'm right now. I'm. I'm always thinking about China. I think one of the things that really stands out to me while I'm there is the way that the country has managed to achieve this incredible sense of order, given that there is chaos happening all around. Um, I try to take public transit as much as I can while I'm there. Um, just it's like the most cost effective and usually one of the fastest ways to get around. And, you know, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people going on and off um, the subways there like you know every every hour and yet it never feels 
overwhelming the way that sometimes taking like the subway in New York or the subway in Toronto does. There's just this incredible system of order. The same, I take um, a high-speed train to go to the factory where we're working and the train station has just like millions of people that are funneling in and out of it all, all throughout the day. But it's so orderly. They've just, they've got so many incredible systems in place in order to keep, in order to keep the country running. And I just, I find it, um, I find it very fascinating and as sort of a, a window into what I hope we could achieve in North America with our systems for public transit. Yeah, that's, um, that, that's a good insight. Uh, it, it's a, it's a small, uh, small but very important aspect of a country, which is their public transit and how efficient it is. I remember it must have been a year or two ago. Uh, there was a very famous VC. Um, I think one of the founding VCs of Sequoia. I'm actually forgetting forgetting his name. Unfortunately, maybe it'll pop up. But he he said like, hey, like, hey everyone, look at China. Like they're on like the, the they're working harder. They're working more efficiently, and like they're they're all in STEM. And then look at America and like we're, we're falling behind. Um, and this is kind of what he was saying. And I think it's like this. I just think it's, it's interesting that, you know, me, I'm kind of young, you know, I'm 25. So I, I'm new to like learning about the world and, and different countries. But I think it's fascinating to see just countries rise and fall and China just come, kind of become into the superpower almost. It's, it's, it's interesting to see and observe, you know, from a, from a bystander's point of view. So yeah, thank you for that insight. You're welcome. <laughs> Cool. So you're. So I want to go back a little bit on what you said. You're interested in fintech, and you mentioned fintech specific to China, but just in fintech in general. I, what aspects? Like when I think of fintech, I, I, I I'm not super educated on it, but I know that there's companies, you know, in the bank account world, like there's Mercury and Catch, and then there's companies that like help you manage transactions, which is plaid and i interact with all of these on like a consumer basis but i actually don't know that much in regards to what's going on in the, in the fintech world what are what are some things that excite you most happening in fintech yeah well i think again just to go back to like the china example for a second yeah. um i think something that makes me really excited is their use of qr codes for payments um and being able to you know channel everything through your phone in that way um that's something that I haven't seen applied at all in North America. Um, not to say that it doesn't exist, but it's just not something that I've been exposed to. So I think that makes me really excited. Um, and then for maybe a more like startup related example, um, I'm really excited about the Canadian company ClearBank um, and the algorithms that they're using for startup funding um, for how, you know, they can provide startups with, cash that will allow them to fund um, digital acquisition and like running paid ads and things like that. Um, and the way, yeah, just the way that they're using algorithms in order to make that process a lot more efficient and effective. Um, so that's like from like a very different side of uh, what's happening in like the financial space, but I think a really interesting application to how it's going to help startups and help, help those new companies grow. So this is going to sound really unrelated, um, but I promise you it's not. There's this um, there's this guy that I follow on Twitter uh, who I uh, I don't know like, much about him, but all I know is that in his bio it says VC at ClearBank or like something at ClearBank, and 
I've always been intrigued to understand more about it. But I've never just taken the effort to, I mean, click and just learn more. But based on what you're what you're saying about it, it sounds intriguing. And it almost sounds like this, like as you said, algorithmic investing, uh, which I think could potentially be the future as data gets more, you know, more fine and uh, you know, VCs it becomes more competition. This like algorithmic. I can't even pronounce that word. Algorithmic uh, investing, you know, way I think would be effective. So that's cool. Is that that's a Canadian company, ClearBank? Yeah, that's a Canadian company. Awesome. Maybe next time this this guy, I believe his name is, I think it's Nick. Um, but after Nick tweets, I can hit him up and be like, hey, like I, I actually know what ClearBank is now. Good stuff. Because <laughs> I've always been, I'm always intrigued in the venture capital space. Um, what do you think of? Are you familiar at all with this? This uh, kind of profit sharing type of investment vehicle, for example, like an earnest capital or lighter capital. Are you familiar with with, with, with what's going on over there? Um, I'm not as familiar, but I'm definitely interested. Yeah, it's the, it's this model where it's pretty much if, if you don't want to go big, uh, sorry, let me rephrase. If you don't want to take VC money and you don't want to get that million dollar in seed, then the A, then the B, and the C, and just go down the track. There's this funding that's popping up in, in the kind of the profit share funding, which is like, hey, like take this money, you own your company, we don't take equity, but you just give us a certain amount, you give us 1.3x the amount we invested in, but you keep all your equity and you, uh, you know, and you, and that's it, you pay it off and you pay it off. Obviously, the downside to that is that it's kind of like debt, uh, so you're not able to grow as fast. But I, I, I'm super intrigued in this, like like this maker movement and this movement almost like not anti VC because VC has its place and I, it's very important in the world. But what happens to the people that, that don't necessarily want to build billion dollar companies? I think there's a lot of investment opportunity for, for people like maybe ClearBank or people like Ernest Capital to cap to like invest into those kind of companies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also think um, I feel like I've chatted with a number of founders who have taken VC money and felt like, you know, the moment they did it, you know, there's another really powerful voice that's a part of your decision-making process. And there is a, there's a decent chance that you're not always going to be aligned. And as a founder, depending on how much of your equity you've given up, um, you will be pushed into making decisions in a certain way, maybe not the way you would have wanted to to begin with. And so I definitely think uh, having more options for alternative funding arrangements uh, is, is important. And I think, you know, just like there, there needs to be other ways for companies to get funded and to move forward than giving up all of their decision-making power and control. I 100% agree. As a founder of a company, I would say three, maybe three months before an expected fundraise, I am thinking about that all the time. Like, do we want to fundraise? Do we just want to raise money from customers? Uh, instead, like revenue generated from fundraising, but you know that's just the name of the game. You 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 pick your path and you just try to do the best that you can. Well, cool. So kind of going back to ensemble. So you like what are if you can give me an idea? Do you have do you have you thought like I'm sure when you're building a product, you're very encapsulated with what you're building, and sometimes it's hard to think super far out on like what the next product is going to be or what the next bundle is going to be. Um, but I'm just kind of intrigued on, on, on kind of rounding up the podcast. What is an example after stack um, for ensemble? What, what are going to be some of the, the cookwares that you, uh, that you come up with um, if, if you have some of those on your mind? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think 
for us, we don't want to, we don't want to limit ourselves to anything like to any product in particular. I think there are so many poorly designed products um, that exist in our kitchens right now that there are a lot of really interesting ways that we can innovate around there. Um, yeah. Without giving too much away. Uh, sure, I, I, I just like, I just <laughs> ask you to reveal your, your, your future. So you tell me as little or as what a little or as much as you want. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, so what I will say is that I absolutely love baking. And so, um, I would, I would be very upset with myself if Ensemble didn't ever venture into the bakeware space as well. So um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, for sure. It gives us a little taste. I, I appreciate that. Well, cool. So with Ensemble, you are you know, effectively building the future in a way. You, like everyone cooks or, or most people cook and they cook with, with pots and pans. And I know for me, my experience with pots and pans is like, they're not, it's not great. They take a lot of space. They're not super fun to use and they, they don't even look that good. And when I see your website and see what you're building, I think there's a lot of hope for the future of cooking. So there's also a lot of people listening that want to, that, that also want to build something in their niche. They want to take something they know, build a company around it and build the future or change one person's future and or build like change the world. So what advice would you have for someone listening to this podcast who wants to get started but doesn't necessarily know the first step into to building the future that they want to live in? Yeah, so I think my advice for that person would be um, not to get so overwhelmed by this grand idea of building the future, but really break it down and try to think of like what is what is one little piece of that future that you could tackle and just start by tackling that. Um, and once you've got that tackled, move on to another little chunk of it and, and tackle, tackle that part of it. And, you know, with those small wins, you'll be able to build some momentum and move forward. And before long, you'll be able to look back and realize like how much you've actually accomplished and how close you are to, to creating that vision that you started out with. All right. You heard it first from Kate. Kate, my last question for you. If, if any of the listeners wanted to find you online or find your company online, you know, where are some places they can find you? Yeah. So um, Ensemble is a direct-to-consumer brand. So the best, the best places to find us are on our website, which is getensemble.com. Um, and we also love Instagram. So check out our Instagram, which is just getensemble. Um, we're really active there. We love posting photos of food and cool architecture and design and interiors that inspire us. So um, lots of great inspiration, both for, for cooking and for just imagining a, a better home that you, that you might get to live in. So check us out there. All right. I am looking forward to hearing all the feedback from the listeners on the site. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful site. So good job, by the way, on the design of your website. So, you know, wrapping up, I appreciate you spending some time on the Forward Thinking Founders podcast, Kate. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. This was really fun. Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. You too. I'll chat with you soon.